Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, The Ultimate Guide to Following Your Purpose and Creating Change in the World, is out now and you can order it globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to help make the world a better place, but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It's packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light and get it to work, so that together we create a better world. When you order the book, you also get a two-hour live masterclass with me entitled Life Purpose Bootcamp, during which you'll get to find and define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition. And you can visit georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork to get all the details. In today's episode, we're talking about spiritual business mindset shifts. And I want to start with a question. Do you run or want to start your own spiritual or wellness business? My journey to developing a spiritual business was long and winding, but yours needn't be that way. In my entrepreneurship journey, I've spent endless days and nights taking online business courses experimenting with software, testing marketing processes, and even doing a master's degree in business management. And although everything that I've learned, and I'm still learning, has been useful, what truly helped me develop and grow my business was having the right mindset. There will always be new tools and best practices, but the right mindset never changes. And let me give you an example. There have been multiple occasions in my spiritual business journey that I've just wanted to give it all up. Imagine spending weeks working on something only to have your efforts produce minimum results. It is so frustrating and disappointing, to say the least. What kept me going through these hardships was the mindset that consistency and trial and error would eventually lead to success. And I was right. So I want you to remember that next time you find yourself in a similar situation. This week on the podcast, I'm talking with Kevin Wavy, who shares powerful tips and strategies to help you shift your business mindset. So whether you're just starting out or are a seasoned spiritual or wellness entrepreneur, you will learn mindset shifts that will help you make a greater impact with your business. Specifically, in this interview, you'll learn what being an impact-driven entrepreneur means, how to overcome common limiting beliefs in business, a mindset shift to charging your worth and feeling confident about that, and how to use yoga and other spiritual practices to support your business mindset. 
When you're done listening to the episode, make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let us know what you most enjoyed about it. And without further ado, enjoy this episode with Kevin Wadey. Kevin Wadey is the founder of Synchronicity, an entrepreneur, international retreat leader, and sought-after seven-figure business coach. He's the founder of Synchronicity, a company created with intention and a mission to empower individuals and businesses to achieve their true potential through their courses, trainings, retreats, and events that span the globe. Kevin, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Thank you, George. Thank you very much. It is a, a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to have you here to talk about something that I'm so passionate about, which is helping spiritual people, light workers, wellness uh, interested and awakened people to turn their passion in spirituality and wellness into a business. However, as I've chatted with so many light workers through the years, I realized that many of them are afraid of the word business or they think that marketing is just evil because they've been seeing all these patriarchal um, ways through which business has existed over, over many, many years. And I'm really passionate about helping them break through these limiting beliefs and their fears. And I believe you're the perfect person to help us do that. So I wanted to get started with a term that you mentioned when you had me on your podcast, which is an impact-focused entrepreneur, which I find so exciting. So can you please let us know what does it mean to be an impact-focused entrepreneur? Absolutely. And I think to, to kind of fully explain and fully peel back the layers of, of what this actually means is what we need to first do is we need to define business. And because you, you said going into it, the mindset that so many people have is that business is this negative, business is this take, business is this capitalistic-driven whatever you want to call it, societally, whatever we're going to get into there. But what business actually is, is value creation. And when you break down business, and, and for your audience, I'll relate business to meditation, because there is an overlap between the two. And, and just like a light worker, someone who is in any of the healing modalities or is in spirituality, yoga, meditation, whatever it ends up being, we know that our perception is what shapes our reality. So the only reason that you have a negative impact or a negative thought process on business is because your perception hasn't aligned with where it should be. So if we, if we think of meditation, <clears throat> and for anyone listening who is an avid practitioner, the, most people think meditation is like shutting off the brain. If they, if they're, like, you can't do that <laughs> until you die. It's impossible to stop your, your thoughts. And... If you actually focus on, on one single point of focus, you do quiet the brain, though. So the single point of focus would be the action, the thing that you do to meditate. The result of that is a quieter mind. So now if we relate it to business, business isn't about making money. Yes, that is an element of business that you need in order to have a successful business that allows you to impact the lives of others. Because if you can't pay your own bills, if you can't fill up your own cup, how do you expect to do it for someone else? But now if we take that same thought process and apply it to business, what is the action of business? The action of business is providing someone with value. When you provide someone with value, the income is a result. That means the, the more value you provide someone, the more income you make on the back end. 
That's why if you look at some of these big organizations, these big companies, the reason they make so much money is because they've completely transformed the way we operate as a society. Look at, look at Apple. They put a phone into the pocket of every, almost every single person on the planet. Or it doesn't even have to be Apple, but it can just be technology as a whole. They transformed the way people operate. They provided value on an international level. And now look at the income they're generating because of it. That's so beautiful. I think you've just helped us make a mindset shift that will help so many people. And it's that shift of stop seeing business as something that takes from people and start seeing business as something that provides to people. And I think when we have this mindset, it just completely shifts the game for us and allows us to step into business from a very heart-centered space. And I'm interested as to what was your own personal journey because stories are powerful. So what was your journey of finding your passion and turning your passion into a business? Absolutely. So we got to take it back to the, the young years of Kevin. I was 17. And the only thing I wanted to be when I quote grew up was I wanted to be a professional ice hockey player. That was that was the trajectory that my path was on. And that was exactly what I had set myself up to do and achieve in my life. And when I was 17 years old, I lost my mother to stage four pancreatic cancer. And that my life just was rocked. And I was playing hockey at the time. And this is, this will be a kind of interwoven story because everything ties into each other here. But I was playing hockey at the time. I lost my, sh can I cuss on the show? <laughs> I, I lost my shit. And, um, and I quit my hockey team. I stopped going to school. I like just everything crumbled beneath me. And then I remember one day I actually, I went to school that day and I got a, I was in my math class and I got a phone call from Shane Doan, who was the, the captain of the Phoenix Coyotes, the, the NHL hockey team. And he, and he said, I've been brought up to speed on your story and what's happened, but I have to tell you one thing. And that's that you made a commitment to your team, which is your hockey team. And in life, the only thing that you have is your word. So if you can't remain committed to what you say, there's no point of you doing anything else ever again in your life because you, no one will ever be able to count on you. You can't count on yourself. So finish out the season, finish out the commitment you made to your team, and then do whatever you want. The last part of that season was the best I'd ever played hockey, ever in my life. I went on to play two years of junior hockey, which is kind of semi-professional. Um, it's like an intermediary step between either going to Division I college or going to play pro. Uh, from there, I started acting professionally because, again, I was in a, a, a negative place. So I was looking for alcohol, drugs, partying, girls. Like, that's where my mindset was. And when I didn't find it through sports, then I went and sought out the next best thing, which was acting, or, or so I thought. And around that time, my dad gave me an ultimatum. He goes, you either need to go to school and get a degree or I'm never going to help you again in your life. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to school for theater. <laughs> so I got, a, I got a bachelor's in theater and I studied psychology at the time. But the real tipping point was my second, I did my undergrad in three years. And my second year at university, I got asked to go perform in Bali, Indonesia. And... We, we lived in this kind of commune, so to speak, but they had yoga every single day at 6 a.m. And I had been introduced to yoga, but never done it as a 
self-healing practice. It was more of a, a routine to stretch before a stage or, or film performance. It was never like with the intent behind it. And, and as anyone listening knows that the intent behind it is the only thing that really matters. And went every day and somewhere around like the two, three week mark, I was coming out of Shavasana and I, I broke like something inside of me shifted. The world looked differently. I, well, first I cried for like two and a half, three hours. And then something inside of me just like felt again. Like I, I felt like I was allowing myself to experience. And after that point, I flew back to the States, landed in LA and was like, all right, well, I need to find more people like that. More people that I was just surrounded with. I enrolled in my 200 hour yoga teacher training and I was going finishing out my final year at school, and I graduated from, from school with my 200-hour at the same time. And the very first step was, was I, I went to work corporate, and that was kind of the, the first path that I went down. And when I first started working corporate, I thought, like, this is great. Now I'm making money. I'm enjoying my life a bit. I, but as... With most things, things get worse before they get better. And because I was allowing myself to experience more and open myself up to emotions that I had repressed for such a long time because through yoga, I actually got worse before I got better. And I'm talking drinking every night, doing drugs, um, showing up to work drunk, the whole nine. And I was functioning very very highly but the problem was is that I was burning myself out trying to live two different lives and I wanted to make money on the corporate side and then I wanted to get more into health and wellness on the one side so when the opportunity presented itself to help open a new property I worked in in hospitality open a new property I said okay I'll do it under one condition but I get to build a fitness and yoga amenity out as my own kind of thing for the guests. So I'm going to give it free to the guests, but I'm going to run it as my own studio, yoga, fitness, meditation, so to speak. And I'm going to run it as my own studio. Fantastic setup because I had no overhead, no nothing. And it was awesome until I wanted to transition into doing that full time. And that's where my company was first founded. It was, I wanted a way to differentiate myself between food and beverage income and a way to differentiate my, and then from the, the, the health and fitness side. So I founded Synchronicity then, which was originally Synchronicity Yoga, and I started making really good money on teaching, the teaching side and running it as a studio. So I said, I want to go into this and do this full time, and I want to leave the food and beverage side, but I was making the property too much money on food and beverage, and like, eh, not going to happen. Oh, and by the way, we want 50% of everything you get from the studio side. I was like, all right, well, here is my two weeks and quit right then and there and went into to working for myself and, and first started out with, with classes and events and then it transitioned into retreats and then retreats turned into online courses, online courses turned into consulting. Now Synchronicity has five different divisions. My main kind of mental energy goes towards the consulting and the retreat side the other ones kind of run themselves right now so to speak but it's been a been a hell of a hell of a journey and 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 just being open to allowing things to kind of unfold for you where they wherever they wherever they go 
Wow, what a powerful journey. So many points that I want to talk about, but I want to start with something really important that I haven't talked about in my with my other guests. The fact that you're very multi-passionate and that's something that we have in common because I too was into acting and musical theater specifically and singing and then I'm doing my master's in psychology right now, actually very similar to, uh, to what you did. So you are into like acting and sports and yoga and psychology, then uh, hospitality. So a big problem or obstacle that I feel so many spiritual entrepreneurs are facing is because we are very multi-passionate and we have so many interests, how do we choose what to focus on and how do we bring in our previous training into that main focus? And I, I want to start with, with a question like prior to this. Do you feel that uh, all the training you've had, whether it was in sports or in, 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 uh, in psychology or acting, are you still using aspects of that to help you in your current business? Or have you completely just cut these parts of you off and just focus uh, solely on what you're doing right now? Not in, <clears throat> not in the slightest, because everything that you do in your life uniquely qualifies you and prepares you for where you are in this present moment. Like anyone listening to this, where you are right now, the reason you're where you're at right now is because of the little decisions that you've made every single day for the X years that you've been alive. Anything that you change on that trajectory then shifts the path that your life goes. So if you focus, <clears throat> if you focus on the inputs, the things that you do daily, the, 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 the little tiny things of how you speak to yourself, how you approach things, how you say, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to go after it. Those little things are what prepare you and really position and, and point your life in the direction that you want it to go. To, to put this into perspective, something you do 20 minutes a day takes up a full year of your life. Something that you do 20 minutes a day will be one full year of your life. If, if, if you don't break that down and actually recognize that, okay, how I talk to myself is actually the reason why I'm in this place that I am. Or how I show up for myself is actually the reason why my colleagues show up the way that they are because you're a mirror to everything else that you see in life. Or how I, here, let's put this in a different, a different analogy here. So if you were to switch the brains of a 600-pound man and a triathlete, and you just swapped their brains but kept their bodies, the 600-pound man with now the mindset of a triathlete is going to slowly become the triathlete, and the triathlete is going to slowly become the 600-pound man because He's now going to start eating donuts for breakfast and going down this other path. And then even though he's overweight and maybe he can't run at all right now, but he's going to start training in a way and making small decisions every single day that, that morphs him or merges them or really like like creates the person that they become. So if you break this down and, and there's something in your life that you don't like, let's reverse engineer this and figure out what it is that you're doing to make that show up in your life so it's kind of roundabout way to answer your question there i apologize now it makes a lot of sense because um a, a, many people <clears throat> within my community are trying to find what their life purpose is and they're like oh my god i've wasted so much of my life just doing stuff that are not in alignment with my life purpose and i'm like not really because everything has prepared you for this moment exactly as you're just saying right now so with regards to let's just switch um change gears a little bit 
with regards to the mistakes that you see wellness and spiritual entrepreneurs make because I think we're quite different from traditional entrepreneurs in the sense that we're more sensitive and we're more conscious, we're more aware, we're in touch with our emotions and therefore we feel more and therefore the fears and the limiting beliefs we have are somehow different from uh, from, from other people or what is your opinion around that? What is the number one obstacle that you see uh, wellness and spiritual entrepreneurs have that prevent them from getting some traction with their business or even starting? I think the biggest thing is a pro and a con in and of itself. Because they're more open, because they're more in touch with themselves, <clears throat> and because they say they feel more, either that's that, that could be truth or it could be just something they tell themselves. Either way, it's something that they're telling themselves, and because of that, it's a pro and a con. So you can tell yourself that I'm more in touch with my emotions, therefore I feel more, therefore I'm afraid to be, to, to put myself out there. I'm, I'm afraid to start this. You're disguising fear as something else because you're, quote, more in touch with your emotions. But what if you flip that and said, I now feel more, so I'm going to surmount the odds. I'm going to do something that I know makes me uncomfortable I know this is going to make me feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway because it aligns with who I actually want to become. Now you're using it as a benefit rather than an excuse. So the biggest thing that I see, especially with wellness entrepreneurs, people who are that more impact focused or who have done yo, like they're in like the arts or the, the healing modalities or things like that, is they use what they've gotten in, how do I put this succinctly? They, they, they're using what they got into their modality for actually as an excuse to hold them back from actually doing what it is they want to do. Does that make sense? They're, 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 they're taking the, the healing that they've done for themselves and saying, now that I've healed myself, I'm more in touch with my emotions. Now they're using that as an excuse to prevent them from becoming who they actually want to be because they actually haven't worked through all of the fear-based beliefs. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. That makes sense. And I'm being reminded right now of um, one limiting belief connected to, to what you just said, which is fear of charging for what we're worth. Like we're doing all this healing work, we're empowering ourselves, but when it comes to charging for what we do, we start feeling, oh, you know what, it's not okay for me to charge because of the sensitivity, because of the feelings, because of whatever limiting beliefs are behind that. So with in your experience, how do we overcome the fear of charging our worth and trusting that people want what we have to offer well let me let me ask you this what is money like like honestly like how would you define george how would you define money i would define money as exchange of energy exchange of value so if i am providing value to you with my presence with my understanding with sharing tools and processes then there should be an exchange of that to make up for the energy i've spent so then if 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 currency is value currency is energy therefore the perception that you put on something is 
is dictated by the perceived value that you then add on to it. So if you perceive that you cannot charge for something, you're now devaluing that thing in the mind of your potential client. And if you're devaluing that thing in the mind of your potential client, they're not going to get the same benefit from it. And they're going to go somewhere else where someone doesn't have that limiting belief who does charge them. And now they're going to see results. One of the biggest things that I've seen and help clients overcome is that own limiting belief. And when they overcome that and start charging their client success goes through the roof. They start getting more testimonials. They start be saying, Oh, I helped this person accomplish this, 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 and this. Well, no, you didn't help them accomplish anything. You helped them understand that they had the power themselves to accomplish it by helping them remove their own limiting beliefs. Because if you, if you break it down and let's go to the perceived value for a second, Stanford did a study where they gave two groups of people, they took them to dinner, quote unquote, and they gave them two different bottles of wine. They told group A, it was a $5 bottle, group B, it was a $90 bottle. What they didn't tell them is it was the same bottle of wine for both sides. But guess which group said they enjoyed their meal more? They had, a, they had better conversations. Everything was more fulfilling. The person who said or thought, again, perception, that they were drinking more expensive wine. Therefore, they were supposed to have a better experience. If you, if you relate this to, I, I give you the example out of an airline mechanic. So air, airplane breaks down. They know they're burning through money sitting on the, on the ground. So they call in whoever the mechanic is. The guy comes out, walks around the plane, inspects every inch for like five minutes and goes, oh, there's the bolt that's missing. Let's screw that new bolt back on. And then goes, okay, cool. That'll be 10 grand. What are you talking about? You said that you just fixed the bolt. Like, why, why would I pay 10 grand for a bolt that you could get from the hardware store? They probably cost you a hundred bucks. If it's an airline, it probably costs you a hundred bucks. I don't know. It's because they're not paying for that piece. They're paying for the expertise of what's uniquely qualified him to do the job that he has. So that's a very physical example. But now if you take spirituality, you take yoga, you take meditation, you take lightworking, whatever you want it to, to be, you've uniquely prepared yourself in order to help someone overcome something. Therefore, any perception that you have that is a limiting belief in and of yourself is doing your clients a disservice. And it's because of your own perception, not theirs. 100%. For example, when I'm giving a psychic reading, people are not just paying for that hour. They're paying for the hour of spiritual practice that I had in the morning and the years of training that we've had. So I think we need to start as like wellness and spiritual people start acknowledging the, the, the length and the depth of the work and the, the, the dark nights of the soul that we've had to overcome to find the wisdom and the healing and the, uh, and the modalities and the teachings that we have. Um, and just realizing that every time we show up for a client, we're sharing so much more than just that hour or that what we share in those moments. We're sharing all that experience and all that comes with it. Such an important mindset shift to have to help people um, just start essentially like charging is about self-worth, as you just said, overcoming those limiting beliefs around that. And how do we overcome those limiting beliefs? I know you, um, you do yoga and I found these past few months well, more intensely. I've known this theoretically and I've experienced it practically, but over the past two months, 
even more intensely how physical work and movement, how physical movement can help you work through a lot of your fears and limiting beliefs. I've studied, of course, I've done yoga for years, but I've been doing flexibility classes and therefore training in back bends and splits, like going deep into that. And I've realized that all my, the rigidity that I've held within my body represented fears and limiting beliefs that held me back. And by becoming more flexible, I was able to see them more clearly and let them go. So I was wondering whether you can talk with us a little bit about how to overcome limiting beliefs through movement and whether that's important and how is it important? The energy goes where your body flows, essentially, is the, is the best way to think about it. And what most people do when they, when they feel that they're limiting themselves, when they have fear, when they get scared, when they have all anxiety, whatever you want label you want to put on it, what did they do? They shut down, they close down, and they curl up. And what that does is that prevents energy from moving through your body, through being expressed, through coming out. That's why if you've ever heard someone cry, like really, really, really fucking cry, what happens in the middle? They go, <gasps> and it's because they're trying to release this energy, but they're not physically letting themselves release the energy. So if you think of, of movement, think of yoga, think of Think of if you're if you're a yoga practitioner, think of lion's breath. You go and you stick your tongue out and you're allowing yourself to, to release. Think of an actual lion. A lion hunts, a lion kills, and before it eats, it roars. Why does it roar? Because it's releasing all of the built-up tension in its body before it consumes its meal. So if you go throughout your entire life with building up all this tension. I'm afraid of this. I'm scared of this. I can't do that, which is, if you say the C word around me, that's a cuss word. Let's not go there. If do all these, I'm going to try that, whatever it ends up being. Those are all things that you're limiting yourself and you're shutting down and therefore you're repressing and storing in your muscles. So now if you're not allowing yourself to theoretically roar, to, to open up, stretch out, release all of this pent up energy, what you're actually doing is preventing yourself from living a fully experienced life and living a fully fulfilling life, if you want to put a title on it. And so step one is you are an aware being. That's the path that you're going down. Recognize that your belief that you don't move, that you don't work out, that you don't do yoga, that you don't, whatever it ends up being, your physical practice of it, that's a limiting belief in and of itself. And if you're on this path, supposedly that you're here to help others work through this, you need to be the bigger person yourself and you need to be willing to work through it yourself. Because if you can't let yourself release this and express this and be this way, how do you expect to do it for a client? And if you can't do it for yourself, again, going back to you can't fill up someone else's cup if you can't do it yourself. Thank you so much for sharing this. That was such a powerful analogy. I got goosebumps when you talked about the lion. I didn't know that lions do that. And it makes so much sense. And like nature does it so effortlessly. And we are part of nature, but we forget it. So I think movement and yoga and all these different like movement related spiritual modalities can help us access uh, that inner nature that allows us to release tension and, and, and heal. And I would like to end this conversation with um, let me I want to let me add one more thing to the lion analogy, because you can you can if you Google um, or if you go on YouTube and, and look up a, a lion roaring, you can see it running and you can see the striations of the muscles in their legs and all of this 
can get a little graphic depending on what videos you're looking at. But once you once you see it, then they roar. Then you see all of the striations release. You see like this like very supple muscle release. And if you think about it from like a weightlifting standpoint or from like a sports standpoint, what are you doing? You're consistently stressing the muscle to build it. But if you don't ever fully relax and release, you're going to get injured. So if you're building up your muscles, then you limit your mobility, your range of motion, because if you're not actually then releasing that tension, you're causing it to get stored in the body. So what you actually need to do is balance on the macro. I'm not a big, I'm a very much like zero to 100 kind of person. So it's rather than balancing on the day to day, I'm very much of let's balance on the macro kind of kind of thought process. I see this a lot when I work with people who have trauma, when people access a traumatic memory, their their body takes the position that it had during that memory. So for example, I was working with a lady who was uh, who uh, had experienced some childhood sexual abuse. And while she was talking about it, she was like this. And I'm like, notice your body right now. What is it doing? And she's like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was like, first of all, tense. And second of all, taking this position. I'm like, okay, now try relaxing it and opening up and think about that specific memory again. And you communicate to your body, you know what? That happened in the past. It's not happening right now. So there's no reason of holding in that, that, that same stress. And same there is same a, thing with your voice too. If you, if you experience a traumatic event like that as a child, a lot of people withhold the, the tension in their vocal box and their vocal cords, and they still, it could be 20, 30, 40, but they still sound like a child when they speak because they've, they've kept that tension in their vocal box when that traumatic event happened. I found while I was uh, like in my acting experience that I find acting very therapeutic because when you get into different characters and you're forced to speak in a different way and express yourself in a different way, sometimes you access stuff and you have to do the inner work. Have you found that yourself while, uh, while you did that? That was one of the biggest reasons why I got so drawn into acting was because it was cathartic for me and it allowed me to release. In, in an essence, it was a selfish release. It allowed me to release built up tension, but as someone else, so that I didn't have to fully experience it myself. But at the same time, I never then fully worked through the events that had happened to me in my life, because I was sure releasing it, but not working through it as myself. I was working through it as whatever character I was then playing. Yes, you compartmentalize essentially to some degree and you got some of the benefit, but at the same time, you haven't like you hadn't like fully owned it until you actually faced it and did the inner work. Makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. So I would like you to end with your number one tip or strategy or even a principle that you have when it comes to running an impact-focused business. Like what is that one thing that if we focus on, it's going to help us create maximum impact? It's, it's going to be a twofold thing. So if you break down business and if you've heard of the 80-20 principle, so 80% of your work is dictate 80% of what you do dictates 20% of the output and 20% of the work you do dictates 80%. So the first part is to recognize the business is 80% mindset, 20% systems. And we'll come back to a, a, something in a second. Um, but you can now take that 80%, that 80-20 and recognize that it compounds upon itself. Therefore, 4% of what you do dictates 64% of the output. So what you first need to do is you need to find the 4%. What is the 4% that you need to do every single day that is going to generate 64% of the output of what it is that you're doing? Focus on that. 
you're going to leave everyone in the dust because everyone's trying to do 10% here, 5% there, 20, 20, 20, 20. And however it ends up working out. But now, so let's, let's, let's take that for a second and go back to mindset because now we're going to, and this will tie in also the, the money mindset or the limiting belief around money too, is I'll ask people a lot. I'll say, what's your business biggest expense in life? And they're going to say, my car, my mortgage, my kids, my wife, whatever it ends up being. And so I say, what I, what I want you to do is I want you to, on the top of a piece of paper, I want you to write out your ideal income. Like if, if you could make whatever it ends up being, write out your ideal income. Then I say, write a, right below that, write out how much you made last year. Okay. So for sake of numbers, let's say your ideal income is 250,000 and you made 50,000 last year. So now subtract that, we're left over with $200,000. $200,000 is your busy, biggest expense. And what that is, is your inability to understand something or to have the knowledge in order to make that much money. So your biggest expense is therefore your mind because you don't have the knowledge to understand how to make that much money. Most people confuse it because they say, I'm going to stay in this job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You can always make more money but you can't make more time. That's the only thing you can't. Time is finite, money is infinite. When you understand that money is energy and you're able to tap in and be in alignment with that flow of energy, you start to make more. When you start to make more, more you start to add more onto your plate. Now you've got to learn to delegate and free up more time for yourself. But if you ever break it down and you say, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to get here, I don't know how to make that much money, the lack of knowledge is your biggest expense. So to answer your question, the number one tip would be to find the 4%. Do that exercise right there. Break down what it is that's holding you back and then go get the knowledge to compound upon that 4% in order to take you where you want to go. I love this. And I love that you talked about finding the knowledge to getting there because so many people are just, they hold, they hold themselves back from taking action and getting out of their comfort zone, trying something new, learning something new and moving forward. Um, and it sort of reminded me of the opportunity cost, like what you're missing by not knowing what you're missing, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast and sharing all your fabulous wisdom and tools with us that was so enjoyable and i'm sure we helped so many people overcome some limited some fears and limiting beliefs and break through and launch or grow their spiritual and wellness businesses to become impact focused entrepreneurs can you please let everyone know where they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you absolutely and george thank you it's been a, a pleasure diving into another conversation with you if you are interested in all things myself, my blog or podcast, you can go to kevinwathy.com. And that's where you can also see the episode where I had George on my podcast as well. And if you're interested in more of the consulting retreats, events, media buying, things in that nature, or, or building up your own kind of online course creation and, and rolling that out and building an online business around, around being a light worker, around actually taking your passion and taking I say making your mess your message, but turning that passion into purpose. Um, you can find that at synchronicity.biz, B-I-Z. Thank you so much, Kevin. And of course, all the link will be down in the show notes for everyone to access. Sending you so much love and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. George, thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.